Hello, everyone. This is Jeff from Irenicast. And if you haven't been listening to the show lately, you may be wondering, what is Irenicast doing in my podcast feed on a Wednesday? Well, this is our first in a limited series of conversations that we're going to be have, having between our episodes, and they will regularly be taking place on Facebook Live and YouTube Live to give uh, you, our listeners, an opportunity to talk about the previous episode, give us your thoughts, perhaps ask any questions. And uh, we're taking the audio from these live events and we're putting them here on the feed to see how that goes. So, We hope you enjoy this post-conversation, and if you would like to be involved in the next one, it'll be taking place on Monday, May 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. You can go into the show notes for this particular episode at irenicast.com slash convo165. That's irenicast.com slash convo165 to get all the information and details on that. So, Here we go. Our first inaugural continuing the conversation from our Facebook Live event. I hope you enjoy it. All right. We are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are Irenicast. I'm Jeff. It's your boy, Alan. It's Bonnie. Good to see you. It's Casey. Hello, everyone. Hey, it's Rajiv. Thank you for joining us for our first ever live and continuing conversation on episode 165 of Irenicast as we continue to provoke your your progressive Christian imagination. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this first ever live event that we're going to be doing. And we're going to be doing this for at least the next couple months. After every episode, we're going to come on on Mondays at 5, or the Monday after an episode posts at 5 p.m. what is it? Five Pacific Standard Time on Monday evenings. And we're just going to have kind of a post conversation, a continuing conversation, if you will, on the episode that we just posted on what is truth. And uh, this conversation, if you are watching live, we welcome you. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, then we also welcome you. And you can always find us at irenicast.com slash YouTube or irenicast or facebook.com slash irenicast if you want to go back and watch this instead of listen to it. But we want to make it available as available as possible. So uh, if you prefer just to listen to our voices, I know that a lot of people have some shock when they first see someone that they've only heard for a long time. And they're like, that is not how I picture them. How beautiful my voice turned out to be. So I would be curious for those of you. That's a podcasting face for sure. (laughs) I would be curious for those of you later to find out like how many of you were accurate in your guesstimation of what we, what we looked like. No, Um, we don't want to know that Jeff. I want to know that. I'm super curious. Look, there are pictures of us all over the Irenicast website. That's true. And we are on the cover art now. So I guess it doesn't, but then who is who? Like we didn't label them. Maybe people were like, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Who's <laughs> <laughs> we mixed and matched a little bit? Oh my gosh! Like so what I'm hearing, many features from school. What I'm hearing yeah. is that Jeff is inviting comment on his appearance. So if I you am to right. do that, oh, that's right. I am. You can put it's my like, picture on hot or not. Is that still a thing? It is still, still a thing. Still yeah. thing? <laughs> I've got I've got this little icon to hide behind a little bit. Yeah. Remember in school, you bring you brought baby pictures in. They put a number near your baby picture. That's a good it's idea. Like, guess who? Oh, right. Yeah. Well. Rajiv, I don't. <laughs> Next time, yeah, well, what? Going, going to school with a bunch of white kids, you know. <laughs> guess, guess which baby's Rajiv, <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, or black kids because they, you know, they had little fro. So, oh my god, oh my god, 
All right. Well, let's let's get down to uh, the, the the business of our continuing conversation. So how this is going to work, we're going to try to keep a regular flow. We're going to kind of maybe give our thoughts on the episode. Maybe we forgot to mention something. Maybe we wanted to highlight something or whatever. And then we're going to open the floor to everyone who's watching and listening right now. And you can send us in some questions or some thoughts that you had on that particular episode. And um, and then we'll We'll close out with a little preview, a little spoiler, if you will, of what the next episode is going to be about. Um, so any one of you have any thoughts about this last episode that we put up? Any surprises, any reflections, any regrets for <laughs> what you put out there? I'm, I'm feeling like surprisingly uh, prone to invite people along the journey, I guess. I gave up a long time ago any sort of like call to action where I'm telling people they need to follow me toward anything that's true or anything like that. But when I was reflecting about this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, the land beyond all of this like surface level, you know, um, we said capital T truth all the time, but the land beyond that really is like flowing with milk and honey, you know, like God is in, in the land beyond that. And so I feel like telling people that and just surprising to me, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I find that. So, um, you know, there are some episodes that we put out that I'm like, oh my God, you know, um, how did that turn out? Um, but I really, really enjoyed this last episode. And I think I've listened to it a few times just because the conversation was so rich in terms of like getting clear of even for ourselves about what does it mean to, to follow this path uh, towards truth, not that we'll ever arrive anywhere. Right. And so um, I think it's an important conversation for sure. Yeah. I, I was struck as I listened to it again. Um, I was struck how much we connected learning and truth. And I, you know, I had to listen to it over in order to be able to draw that out in the listening, but, we really, we really saw learning, I think, is connected to truth. And that, that resonates with me. I think something I noticed listening to it, I think the second time through, um, was, you know, individuals are on journeys. We, we talk about that a lot, but groups that are closely knit are also on journeys. And I heard that second time through that we are, less attached to certainty as as a source of comfort and guidance than we as a group were a year ago and to me that's that's pretty exciting it's pretty cool yeah i i i ditto all those things like i think that that's the the nice thing about this conversation is I think we all came from this static place of truth, this place where truth is this thing to be attained. Like we talked about in the episode and I really appreciated how all of our answers in some way reflected a, a journey, whether it was learning or whether it was where we were and where we are and even where we're hoping to be in terms of what we view truth and how, how relevant it became when we recorded it. Uh, we recorded it just before, all this happened or as it was kind of coming to fruition. And I know that we've all struggled with facts and truth, just with the current administration. And uh, no, I think that we, we haven't struggled with facts. <laughs> <and truth. laughs> right. Exactly. Let's be clear. 
um, but I was just I was just struck how how timely it is, and I think that that as as we do this show and as we all meet together and we begin to record these things, I don't think I. I mean, I've maybe noticed and have been appreciative of how our timing has worked out in terms of how we all came together. But for some reason, this topic really, I don't know, it was one of those, I feel like something I gave up a long time ago was the idea of divine appointment. But yet the last like three months, I feel like I've had these (laughs) moments where it's like, huh, maybe there is something bigger guiding or maybe there's not. And it's just a coincidence. But either way, I feel like it was, it was good timing to have this conversation. And watch yeah. it flourish. I think there's something to that process of letting go of something and then having it come rushing back in in like a totally different way. Letting go of your concepts or the things you've like felt loyal to and then looking at them differently or showing up at home again and seeing home differently for the first time as all the like hero journeys would say. So that process itself of of letting go of some of our certainty and then receiving some gifts back from from where we've come from is a sacred journey. I think all of us are on to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This is a total side note, but uh, I opened up two fortune cookies in the last month and I want to share them with you. The first one said, and invest. Oh, don't look at me that way. Casey. It said, I'm like questions. <laughs> anybody, anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have your it, questions yeah, ready while Alan muses about his, uh, if you're listening fortune to this, cookies. Fortune. Yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, this live live stream, feel free to ask questions or tell us things about truth in your life or your journey and how things have gone. Um, Anyway, this is totally random, but I opened up a fortune cookie like a month ago and it said an investment opportunity will be profitable for you. And the next one I opened up said invest in others. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Seriously. Like you didn't believe before you got to believe now. (laughs) The Wednesday before, uh, the before there was all the shelters and places and all that kind of stuff, my family and I, we went to a Chinese food restaurant, uh, mainly out of support because we were seeing some of the bubbling versions of racism that was starting to bubble up. And I kid you not, my fortune cookie said exactly what your first fortune cookie said, Alan. Like, that's exactly what my fortune cookie said was. Well, but I got out of that story, Alan, was never eat just one fortune cookie. Amen. Always eat at least two. At least see if two. They, yeah, see if those fortunes will come together like that. So I don't know about you, but in uh, but in my household, the way that we eat fortune cookies and then read the fortune is at the end, after you've read it, you have to say in bed. Right. In bed. It's like a part of it. To, or you can say you, from the pulpit. From the from pulpit. The pulpit? <laughs> I, I heard, I learned from some... Isn't former that the same thing group, these days? Former youth group <laughs> members, you add in bed with Jesus. Yeah. Even better. Even better. Those yeah, kids, this just man, got... they're, they're all going straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> youth group kids. <laughs> youth group kids come up with the... Yeah. We definitely need some questions, please. Yeah. Questions. Everyone's like, what? So start right prepping now. your questions. Uh, please do that in the comments. Sometimes we don't get the comments, so don't be shy to put it twice. If In case you feel like we're not answering, we're going to try to get to as many as we possibly can, as many that come through. Uh, so, And we also understand that as we do this, that some of your responses and some of your um, your comments are difficult to express in just like a short comment. So if you find yourself listening to the episode and you want to email us, a, a, like a longer um, response to something, please feel free to do that. And you can do that at podcast at 
at rentacast.com and we'll get that and we'll, we'll look through those before we start uh, our lives going forward to see if there's any other comments there. So feel free to give us any of your questions or thoughts on truth. I know that we did, uh, when I did the Sunday mic check, I know that we had a couple people, actually one person in particular, uh, Caitlin mentioned how it's such a big topic and she was just gathering her, her thoughts together and, and it's difficult to just kind of in a comment put those questions. So we understand as we're doing this for the first time that this is, you know, this is an exercise for all of us as we're learning to, first of all, utilize Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff, but then also learn how to uh, better interact with everyone as we go through. So please f- feel free to put your, your questions or comments in the comments here. So Bonnie, tell me about a time when, uh, like when those early days when they were talking about truth, like, uh, a step, something that, that you knew was not true, but people were telling you you had to receive it as truth. Like, as soon as, like, when did that start switching for you? The, the, the um, like, people weren't saying truth. The to things me. that, you, that's right. Things that you knew were not true. Well, um, I remember when I was teaching kindergarten, a kindergartner asked me this question, and I was like, how come I never thought of that before? She was checking to make sure this was a kindergartner that I was teaching in, in um, parochial school, Christian school. And she said, um, God is like ever present, right? God never dies. Jesus is God. So how did Jesus die? Yeah. Like those kinds of things, you know, we, we, uh, I don't know, like, I never questioned that until that moment. And I'm like, that's like such a basic logical question. So yeah. Then that made me wonder. Right. See, it was a kindergartner who led it was you a kindergartner. astray. Yeah, well, that was just one little uh, <laughs> led you astray. What, yeah, but kinda. <laughs> yeah, don't follow that kid into the forest. That's right. See, let some little kids come to me. Jesus says. Yeah, we did have uh, one comment when we were started talking about uh, youth group questions. Uh, Richard Glodo said, "Jeff, don't st- share our youth group questions." Uh, Richard is a former guest of the show. Uh, you can listen to him. I think believe it was episode ten. Um, I'll put it in the show mo- show notes for this once it gets there. It'll be iranicast dot com slash one sixty five combo combo one sixty five. Uh, I'll figure that out, uh, but check the show notes. And then, uh, so he, for a while he was at the same church that I was and we, we ran, uh, a youth ministry together, kind of the beginnings of one. And, uh, it was, it was an interesting experience. You know how, like when you're, you're running a group and there's always those like exceptions to the rule, our whole group were the exceptions to the rule. So and I was, can say that's true because we did a joint youth group together and my students were from like a pretty nice area of Pasadena, South Pasadena. And we put our students together, and it was so, so fun to see how different their lives were. Well, that was with our my other youth group. This was when I was oh, okay. in the, at the, the the UMC church. You know, your um, your youth groups have always been exceptions to the rule, Jeff. <laughs> so I want to hear what some of your questions were. I feel like that was an invitation. What was the youth group question, Jeff? I I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, you're not trying to remember. You remember. You just don't I, want to share them. I don't remember specific ones. I, I remember it not with. Richard, our commenter, but with, uh, first, I, one of the, one of the questions I got in, uh, one of my junior high group at the last evangelical church I was at was one of the students got up and just asked, like, what if you were Samoan and didn't know it? Right in the middle of my sermon. 
And I had no idea. I couldn't make heads or tails on where that connection went to, or I, I didn't understand. It was. Was this person Samoan? No. One of my students I, uh, once asked, they were like, hey, we're supposed to love everybody, right? I was like, yeah, pretty, pretty sure that's, that's the case. And they said, well, are we supposed to love the devil? And I honestly didn't know what to say. And now I would say yes. I'll say sure. Why not? <laughs> like you give your, you know, let your compassion grow. Why? Well, I, I don't know what happens in transferring from like youth and asking all those really deep questions that pull things basically apart. We eventually stop asking those. Like you know, right. in popular culture, you think of like Neverland and uh, you know, uh, Peter Pan and like that, like loss of innocence kind of thing, where you're no longer wondering about the magic in the world. Maybe that's necessary for building strong structures and families and stuff or keeping down a nine to five job. But I love those people who never lose the sense of asking really dumb, basic questions that everyone else knows the answer to. Yeah. You know? The the breadcrumbs on the journey to truth is certainly questions, right? Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, and this is funny, like you were talking about the the kindergarten kid, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure that if that kindergarten kid asked any pastor, they'd say, well, don't worry about that. Or that's just where faith lies, you know? Um, So, so. And, and from an early age, people, when, when we ask those questions, oftentimes what they try to do is seek to prevent us from asking them or they, they want to the, silence us or move past them quickly because they're not ready to go to ask those questions of themselves. Um, right. cause they had, because they stopped wondering. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, hearing, uh, um, Bonnie saying that like learning is a, is so attached to the journey toward truth. And then someone else was talking about losing certainty. Like we as a group, I think it was Rajiv. Did you say that we as a group have like kind of moved away from the comfort that certainty gives us toward a little bit more of an exploratory place. And the thing I think about kids that they learn so well is because they don't, they're not ashamed when they're wrong. They're not ashamed when their thoughts need to be revised. Whereas all of us are invested in all these things, these things that have to be true for the last 10 years not to have been wasted or something like that. Whereas kids, when they're wrong, they just put it down and, you know, move on and they don't have strong feelings toward their mistake. Right. And, you know, some of us have spent many years and many, many, many dollars making mistakes, you know, (laughs) like being in places that, that were bad for us and bad for other people. And we invested in those. And so, we have an attachment to that and leaving those kind of truths behind uh, is probably an interesting process and could use a lot of self-compassion toward it. Right. For sure. I'm going to go take bread out of the oven. I'll be right back. Yay. I think, I think another thing is uh, like the, the fear of failure, you know, it's like, like, um, and by that, I mean, it's connected to the fear of being wrong. In some way, those things are correlated, you know, like if I, if I can't prove my point well enough, or if I haven't read enough, um, there's this, there's a fear of failing or a fear of being wrong, um, that I think limits us from, from expanding not just our minds, but the possibilities of who we could be. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the, the best things that Bonnie has introduced us to in terms of process theology is like the, the, the options are limitless. Like, like there are constantly, um, um, opportunities 
and imaginative ways of being and uh and and understanding the world we just have to imagine what they could be and imagine what we could be um but we're so afraid of that because it, like you said it could impact our 9 to 5s or it could it could force us um out of relationships that maybe uh we are we have been so desperate to hold on to um it, so it's a scary place to wonder and I think that that's even more responsibility on us who have any kind of form is the posture that we take when we're receiving questions, right? Like we talk about children who are, you know, they have a lot of wonder and they're not worried about failure, but where do they come worried about that? And I feel like a lot of times, at least in my experience, it was the way that someone responded to a question that maybe wasn't, you know, smart or or a good question or seemed kind of odd. And then what kind of posture people who I went to for answers presented to me. And I think that that's important too, as we, especially as we're doing a show where we're, um, you know, talking about our knowledge and our expertise and people are coming to us with questions that how, what is our posture with that? And how do we, how do we handle truth when we uh, are the person that someone is seeking it from? Well, yeah. I think you know, I think it's Steinbeck that says nobody wants advice, only corroboration. <laughs> and and oftentimes we enter conversations sort of with the trope of, "Hey, I could use some advice," or "Hey, I'd like to know <laughs> what you think." And you're really going in for some confirmation because you're you're struggling with something. Maybe you feel like you've gotten a direction that you'd like to go, and you're hoping this friend or whoever is going to go, yeah, that's great. That's, that's exactly where you need. Cause if they don't confirm that and actually say, well, what about that can be really difficult. Um, Cause we go in. So it, it's, it's hard to have a, a posture of openness where you go in where, you know, I'm really not sure. So let me ask some trusted people what they think, digest all of it and then formulate a sense of direction. Right. All right. Well, uh, we are still speaking of which we're still open to questions. We'll probably be on for a few more minutes. So get your questions in. If you have any in regard to truth or our previous episode, or even the segment of the episode, the, the true two truths and a lie game that we played and revealing a little bit more about, uh, ourselves and, uh, I'm still upset and bitter that Alan spoilers won that round. And um, oh, yeah. despite my despite my best efforts, I was we foiled can... again by and Alan's that's... creepy intimacy. That's well, <laughs> that was mine to win, Jeff. And I uh, I gave you the benefit of the doubt on one of them. Don't you pathologize did. my yes. need Get for intimacy, <laughs> Jeff. How dare you? I still wanna yeah. I I'm just disappointed that Rajiv. Uh, said he had not been naked in the back of a pickup truck. Well, has that changed, Rajiv? Update. Uh, right, that's you... right. No, well, in, in, when I said I'm not, I have never been naked in, in the back, in, in a pickup truck, period. I'm not saying I haven't been partially naked. Okay. I'm saying, you know, I'm thinking like totally. Right. Like, you're just all out there. And yeah. That's, that's never happened. But well, how do you find partially naked? That's what like sleeveless, or you're going like, <laughs> like one on, ha- one. Come on, Jeff. This is <laughs> this is a P- PG show, right? 
<laughs> yes. All right. Well, we did have a comment. Uh, Case and Maples, thank you so much for uh, commenting. And don't really have a question at the moment, but you wanted to say hi. Well, hi. Hey, thank Case. you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, thank you, Kaysen. Yeah, this is a this is a big topic. So even just a hi makes us that's right. Feel yeah, warm absolutely. It's a, it's a Facebook Live hug, as far thank as I'm you concerned. For, thank you for saying hi, Kaysen. Virtual hugs in the time of quarantine. That's right. That's right. That's all we got sometimes. One thing that's kind of stuck on my mind uh, is just the the certainty question. Do you all agree with Rajiv that like you've you've let go of the need for certainty a little bit more in your own sort of journey? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. Certainty is oftentimes the enemy. And I think honestly, when we talk about like um uh thinking partners as Alan likes to call them. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh so it makes it really hard because because I'm not committed to anything I say, right? Um, and I think for some, for a lot of people that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like like there are things that I believe today that I I won't believe tomorrow. Um, and especially I won't believe like I tell people at my church like I am an atheist until 10 a.m. So if you're coming to me like for pastoral care before 10 a.m. <laughs> wait wait till like 1005 you know um so even on a daily basis um Mm -hmm. my the way that i see the world or understand god from moment to moment can change and and i think that for some people they need that you know i mean god is the same as as what is it today yesterday and forever yeah forever some horrific statement but uh but those are not the kinds of conversations i want to I want, I care to have or even engage in. Um, so, do you think that depends on the context? Because I think that that's that's in the Bible, right? Uh, I'm not saying that that makes it holy or necessarily you can't like digest it, right? But I think there are moments in my life where it feels good that there is something bigger than me that outlasts me, you know, and is and is like saying that God doesn't change is another way of saying that God is remaining compassionate and faithful. And is in the story like long after me. But when someone quotes that at me, you're right. Like that's I'm not interested in that conversation, you know, if they're using it as like a rhetorical device. Well, I think part of what you're saying too, Casey, is is um that being accused of not having convictions because because once you become more comfortable with uncertainty, then you know, what's your message? What's your you know what is it that you feel like you need to share with the world? I think right. that changes too. Big time. And the, well, and the methods do too. That's right. And, and it almost comes to this point of like, I have nothing to prove to you. Right. I have like, if you're seeking to come to this conversation and you want to, uh, you want to argue about some, something that you think is true, you're barking up the wrong tree, bro. And it's often a bro, Right. Uh, I just don't have time for that. It is not there. Well, we got our uh, question um, from Lauren. Lauren, hello. Welcome. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Um, uh, Lauren says, uh, I've always had the feeling that church tends to be at odds with the scientific world. And it seems like it's out of fear that they'll lose their certainty when faced with scientifically proven facts. Do you think there's a correlation with these anti-shelter in place orders? Ooh. 
That's a good question. That is a good question. I'll, I'll keep that up as we, we talk about that so people can read it. Oh, it's cutting it's, off it's a little bit. Hiding some people there. It's hiding some people. So we'll, we'll put that up for a second. And then, well, let's start with Alan and Rajiv if you want to respond. And then if Casey, you, <laughs> you can just you, peek you up a little bit over. You can't hide Casey and Bonnie. That's a, I mean, like, that's the, 75% the, of our good looks there. <laughs> I'd true. say 100, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, if we're going that's there, like, then uh, that's all in one square. That's right. I agree. So, oh, she's that, talking, that's, so that's she clarifies, uh, she right. clarifies, so sorry, the protest, not the orders. So she's, right, go, go ahead. I, think we I, got, I, I have a thought. Yeah. The, the fact that, uh, the church is at odds with the scientific world is like a historically proven phenomenon, right? That reaches back pretty far, but specifically in our country, you can trace its roots back to like, especially the scopes monkey trial. And then after that, there's this anti-scientific, like a rigor to evangelical spirituality. I don't know if you're in the United States or not, Lauren, but um, I definitely think there is a correlation between like under like certainty. Yeah. People are not um, in the church, at least comfortable with uncertainty because the answers that science provides are so powerful. Like they actually are, are dem- demonstrable and they're repeatable. And they're something that, whereas church deals more in mysteries, right? Like grace is this mystery, this thing that's like developing and you almost can't look at it and observe it without changing it. And so um, I think the, the really strong answers of science have unsettled a lot of folks who have built their, their faith on um, these quote unquote facts and truths that, that matter more to them. I think than than, un- than embracing uncertainty and mystery. I think, I mean, I know I bring race into it a lot, um, but that's often because race, race needs to be brought into it. But I, I think, you know, honestly, white people don't like being told what to do. That's right. <laughs> they, they just don't. Um, and so you got white people telling other white people, stay the, can I say, stuff on, on yeah, this jeff pro- probably not okay. if it slips <laughs> out there's nothing i can do but we, uh... we can't edit it out so stay the f home and they're like you you know you're not going to tell me what all this blob you know stuff so it's it's just this twisted and then you know then they want to bring in religion as some sort of defense for that kind of white supremacist nonsense and i mean it, really the white supremacy is on display that's right. a lot of these things the that's guns right. The Confederate flag, the 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 the, the Nazi symbols, um, it's it's all out there. So it's you know it's not uh, some big revelation. And I, I feel bad because as a Christian, Christianity all so often gets pulled in by these these whack jobs who you know want to taint an entire tradition and history um, that isn't theirs. By the way, it's not a white man's religion. That's Christianity right. is an Eastern faith. It's a brown person's faith. Anyway, so um, uh, that, yeah. that's my thought. And if we go back far enough, we'll find that science in many ways was born out of uh, Christianity or and out of religious traditions because that's where the learning happened was the folks who studied the uh, religious traditions also studied about the world and the relationship between religion and the world. and um, and so science came into being. I think we forget our legacy sometimes. Totally. As uh, people of this faith. The Saint Dorothy Day 
is quoted in saying, um, the church is a whore, but she is our mother. And I think a lot of times what we, when we want to talk about science and religion, what we forget is there also has, there's power and money involved. And I think for many people, the fear was, is that um, science would become people's religion. And then where would we stand? And so they set themselves apart um, as a way at odds with science, because they were afraid of uh, if, if science could prove these things, then where, where do we, uh, where, where do we matter? I guess would be the question. Um, Instead of understanding that we're talking about different things, as you listen to these uh, next few episodes around truth, you will understand clearly, I think that what we're talking about, we're not looking for facts, stubborn facts, as Rajiv was talking about. Um, we're offering truths, things that we can hold lightly, things that um, that have the ability to be planted in us and unrooted. Um, and and Christianity has tried to make itself the place where stubborn facts exist, and that is just not that's not our our realm for things. At least certain things. And Rajiv, can I just speak to what you were saying earlier about white supremacy and, uh, you know, the gun-toting anti-stay-at-home uh, folks? These are the same people who say that undocumented people should follow the rules, follow the law, and come through legally. These are the same people when black people are shot on the street say, well, if they would have just laid on the ground or held up their hands and followed the law. Now they're being asked to follow the law, to do the right thing. And when they're told that, they show up with guns. Yeah, and, and just a quick quick correction. Bonnie's the one that brought up stubborn facts. It's actually Alfred North Whitehead. Alfred North. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, Bonnie. No, that's okay. A and W brought it up. <laughs> but I was just going to say, but what truth is being shaken that is causing these protests? You know, it's this truth that we are somehow self-reliant, self-sufficient. Supremacy of the individual. And that there is a, a hierarchy of people mm-hmm. who are better than others. And, right. and this uh, virus doesn't discriminate. And so we're all susceptible to it in the same ways. And I think that is what people are actually protesting. Yeah. Right. And I I think specifically with uh, evangelicalism, I think certainty is the evangelical God. Uh, our, right. our every That's everything right. that that we were taught is that you be certain you're going to go to heaven tonight if you get to a car wreck on the way home. Like be certain that you know Jesus is in your heart, and it's this and it's this false certainty because you always kind of have to renew your agreement, so to speak. You know, <laughs> or you kind of have to go through the oh whole thing God. again. Oh my God! It's terms of terms of service religion, I right? Love it. <laughs> so it's it's. I think that that's part of it too. At least with people who may be part of these protests, and then I also think that there's there's an inherent us versus them that makes that type of uh, Christianity thrive, so to speak. Like it's 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 so dualistic and binary in terms of good and evil and uh if you're the people that you've deemed as good are telling you that this is a hoax or that we're over exaggerating then you're going to take that fervor out into the world and i think that the 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 scientific community has been labeled as left since the 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 monkey trials or whatever and i think that there any anything that's coming from a scientist is automatically discredited if 
it is against something that you like everything else you all are talking about, something you want to do. But if, you know, but how many times have we heard a sermon that uses scientific research to point to like, this is why this, what I'm saying is true. Uh, so I think it's, it's, I think that that's a big part of it. Um, scientific research done at the labs at Liberty University. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Kaysen, uh writes in uh, with a question and he says, I've reached a point where knowing that I don't have all the answers and being conf- and being confident in that is yeah. comforting because I know I'm not alone in not knowing and I don't need nice. to know all the answers. That's that's beautifully said. That is. Yeah. We're with you, Kaysen, for sure. Right. Yep. And then he goes on to say and he says, um, <laughs> and the same MF who says women and trans queer people shouldn't have autonomy over their bodies. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining me in the self-censorship movement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Normally on our Facebook live, we wouldn't do that. We're not a bunch of uh, prudes up here, but our, our, because this is going in our, our, our podcast feed, there's certain countries where, you know, the colorful language We'll get you kicked out. And we right. want as many people to hear our stuff as possible. So. Facebook might have some stuff too, right? I think you can, I think you can go for it. I mean, so far on our Sunday mic check, we've, uh, <laughs> haven't exactly followed that. So we'll see. Maybe this will sound a little bit elitist or something, but I think a lot of folks, Uh-oh. a lot of folks bundle God, God, country, guns, their mm-hmm. rights or, or their, their, their mm-hmm. race or whatever, all of it together. Because it gives them a really powerful identity that requires a lot of certainty. Like, I know my family, you know, I know my God, I know my faith. And I I think those people who can really indwell their faiths, their families with like one foot out and one foot in at the same time have gone through that process of like individuation and maturing and started questioning some of the myths that they grew up with because we've inherited a lot of like mythological truth through our families, through, through our country. And I, I, I can appreciate how remaining in that realm and just shoring them up and that giving my life, all of its, its contents can be like a, a soothing thing, but it always constantly requires defense, you know, like always requires defense. Like the liberals are out there trying to, to destroy the family. Uh, you know, people are attacking our country. People are attacking our faith. We're at war. And really what it is, is this like psychological battle, to to not move kind of beyond those identity markers and embrace kind of a, a, a bigger wholeness or a, a flourishing that takes us deeper into those things, but also beyond them. So it's, it, that, that's how I kind of see, it, I guess, is that folks want certainty and that they, they get stuck on that part of the journey. Not to say they should keep going, but that's what it looks like to me. I think, I think it's just... Go, go ahead, ahead Casey. No, nope, you go. Please go. No, nope, go. I was just going to say, I think what you're saying, Alan, is so hopeful. And I know that may sound not hopeful to, to people, but when when things advance to the place where it requires the level of defense that that construction of reality requires in today's world, um, and I'm speaking about folks who say, you know, guns and white supremacy and all of those are truths that they want to hold on to. Um, when it requires that level of defense, that means it's starting to fall apart. It's crumbling because any, everyone, I think most people know any truth actually worth holding on to is sort of self-evident. It doesn't require defense. Other yeah, folks, other, true. other people just are like, Hmm, yeah, I can go with that. So when you're, if you're in a defensive posture, most of the time, 
perhaps it's worth considering like what's going on? What's going on? That's requiring so much of your energy defending. Like 75% of my evangelical spirituality was apologetics. Totally. Yeah. totally. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Every other yeah. book on my shelf. And, uh, I was giving, getting all the answers to the questions I wasn't asking. And that's when you know that you're in the wrong space. Casey, you wanted to say something. I interrupted you. Please say what you were going to say. It's gone. It's oh, gone. <laughs> well, I, 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 I just, uh, I mean, I am always just flabbergasted by the, you know, like the, the hypocrisy in terms of like, what does it mean to be pro family? Uh, when again, these people are supporting children separated from their families at our border. Um, what are we, uh, you know, what are we pro life? I mean, we just had conversations about that in terms of pro life. Like, um, what does it mean to be pro life when you've now decided that the economy is worth saving over my grandma? or my grandpa, you know, um, whose lives are, you know, give me liberty or give me death. Well, who, who are you willing to sacrifice for that? Um, just so that our economy can go back to normal. It just doesn't feel right. It, it feels super hypocritical, but Bonnie, you are right on in saying that if you have to, if you are always in a defensive posture, maybe there's something worth looking at. Totally. Well, And I think by extension, we're not talking about this specifically right now, but the same commentary can be thrust upon, male supremacy and most men in their recognition that the identity of masculinity is changing. It's the ship has really sailed. It's just folks are trying to hang on to the way it used to be. Well, I think that, uh, thank you all for your questions. Uh, during this time, this was, this was fun. This was, this was our first time, all five of us together on Facebook live. Uh, so I think it was Casey who said, it's cool to see our faces. Yes. I 100% agree. I get to see these lovely faces every time we record. Thanks, Casey. So yeah, we will um, be... Go ahead, Casey. And just thank you, Casey, for being on and uh, and mm-hmm. and asking questions. And Lauren, right, you and also. Lauren, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you so much. Uh, so that'll do it for this first edition of Continuing the Conversation for our... So we'll be back in two weeks um, to discuss our next episode, which will be a continuation of truth spoilers uh truth this truth subject is is turning in has already turned into a four-parter and when we record the fourth part who knows if we're going to continue on with that so uh we're going to continue the conversation on truth i think we nailed it to four but we'll see but next week specifically uh on tuesday our episode is going to post about moral truth not tomorrow tuesday but tuesday after uh so if you want anything if you're listening now and you want to you know, check out anything, uh, go to our website on Wednesday when this episode gets on our Facebook, because right now the URL isn't live. But if you go to irenacast.com slash convo 165, that's irenacast.com slash convo 165. Buy some all, merch. All the notes uh, for this episode will be there, including a link to our YouTube page if you want to watch this, if you're just doing this. And um, yeah, so that's kind of all that. And then also don't forget that uh, if you'd like to support Irenicast and all the continued work that we're doing, you can you can go to our uh, PayPal link and support that way. A one-time donation or an ongoing donation. We always appreciate that. And you can do that at uh, irenicast.com slash PayPal. A lot of Irenicast. So you're never going to forget our name. Irenicast. Irenicast.com. You'll get all the information there. Uh, so, uh, Kaysen, uh thank you. 
Kaysen says, uh, thank you. Have a lovely rest of your day. Peace and blessings. And Lauren says, thank you guys. Stay safe. Thank you, Lauren. Thank, thank you, Kaysen. Lauren. Thanks, thank Kaysen. you, everyone. Thank you. Um, yeah. So until next time, I'm Jeff. It's your boy, Alan. I'm Bonnie. I'm Casey. Peace, love, and hugs. This is Rajiv. <laughs> Thanks for continuing the conversation with us. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you.